0: Hello, Valley Christian Church. I am so excited to be here with all of you today. My name is Stephen Francis, and I am pumped to be giving you another message out of our summer mixtape series. Here's the thing. Normally, if you are joining us for the first time, we usually like to do series about a specific topic, maybe about a book of the Bible. But Summer Mixtape is a little bit different because it is different speakers giving you different subjects, things that are near and dear to our hearts that we want to share with you during this time of life. And today's message is exactly that. Something that, in fact, before I could even preach it to you, I first needed to preach it to Myself. And the thing that we're going to be talking about today is how do we overcome dysfunctions in our life. And I don't even want to waste time. I want to be clear about what it is that I want to talk about with you today. And that is this that with Jesus, we can overcome any dysfunction in our lives. I know that's a big statement, but it is a true statement. With Jesus, we can overcome any dysfunction in our lives and here's the deal we all have different types of dysfunctions in fact a dysfunction is simply an abnormality or impairment in the function of a specified system that's all it is so we have systems in our lives we have uh, things in our lives that should operate in a particular way that helps us thrive but instead we have dysfunctions that cause issues for instance many of us have personal dysfunctions Maybe it's because of burnout, anxiety, depression. Maybe you have a habit or an addiction that's been hard to shake. Many of us also have relational dysfunctions. Perhaps your marriage isn't the best that it should be right now. Perhaps you have a relationship with your children or with a family member that's very difficult right now for you for many reasons. Maybe it's something with your work uh, in regards to your dysfunction. Maybe your dysfunction today is a financial one. Maybe today it's a spiritual one. But wherever you are in life, many of us in here deal with dysfunctions on varying types and levels. And I want to talk to you today about someone that was going through a physical dysfunction in his life for a long time. But when he encountered Jesus, there was a change so if you have your bibles with me i just want you to join me as we talk about this and before we even get to that i just want to encourage you with this yeah i want you to hold on to this statement and hold on to it for the rest of your life that if you're willing jesus is able plain and simple if you're watching online put it in the chat if you're here right now and you have someone close to you within earshot just turn to them and say if you're willing jesus is able. Whatever dysfunctions you have, if you give it to Jesus, he is able to turn it around. And we see this true in the life of a particular individual in John chapter 5, starting at verse 1. It says this, Some time later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Arametic is called Bethesda and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. And one was there, had been invalid for 38 years. Invalid just means disabled. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Now, church, it's always important that we look at Scripture exegetically, that we put ourselves in the story of Scripture. So here's what's going on. In John chapter 5, Jesus is in Jerusalem, and in Jerusalem was a place called the Pool of of Bethesda. I actually have some pictures of it here. This is kind of an outside kind of uh, upward shot of the pool of Bethesda, what it would have looked like. And then here is an animated picture of what it would have looked like. It almost looks like a community pool, but it didn't necessarily have like uh, adult swim and things like that. This wasn't a pool that families would swim at. It It was a little bit different than that. And at this pool were a bunch of people that had physical dysfunctions. It was surrounded by people with physical dysfunctions. And here's the reason why. Because in this time period, there was a belief that an angel would come to this particular pool and stir up the waters. And when the waters were stirred, if the first person with a physical dysfunction managed to get into the water, they would be healed from whatever dysfunctions that they had. So here was a, here at this pool were people surrounding it that had difficult physical dysfunctions all in the hopes that when water got stirred up in this pool they could be the first to jump in and find their healing and one of the people that was there had been at this pool for 38 years this man was crippled he had a physical dysfunction that made it difficult for him to move when he has been looking for healing for 38 years and when jesus finds this out he goes up to this man and he asks him the question do you want to be made well and i'll be honest with you true story when i first became a christian this was one of the first passages of scripture i ever read with the intention of getting to know jesus And when I heard this passage, when I read it, I was actually very confused. I was confused because this seems like such an obvious question. Like, if the man had been by this pool for 38 years, of course he wanted to be healed. Why else would he be there? I mean, put yourself in his situation. Many of you know what it's like to injure yourself or have someone you care for be injured, and you have to go to the emergency room, and you would hope that when you get to the emergency room, they could take you right away, but normally that's not the case. Normally you're waiting, and you are waiting for hours, And I can't help but imagine that if you were in this situation where you were at a hospital hoping to see a doctor and you were waiting there for hours and then a doctor just happened to walk up to you after hours of waiting and say, hey, uh, are you looking for medical attention? That would annoy you. That would absolutely irritate you. So I can't help but feel like, Jesus, why would you ask such an obvious question? Now, that's what I thought back then. But now I realize that Jesus is actually asking a question that is way more profound than it is on the surface. In fact, fun fact for all of you guys that are trying to know God and understand your Bible, this is one of the primary ways that Jesus and, and God the Father usually takes out truth from people. Even in the beginning, in the book of Genesis, it says that Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, were in the Garden of Eden. And while they were in the garden, they ate of a fruit they weren't supposed to eat of. And after they ate of the fruit, they covered themselves in fig leaves, and then they heard God walking in the garden. And then God asked the question, Adam, where are you? God knew exactly where they were, but he was trying to ask a question that could make Adam and Eve uncover the truth for themselves. God is basically the great counselor. He's the great therapist. He doesn't ask questions for his sake. He asks questions so that we can uncover the truth for our sake. So it is with that that he asks this man this question. Do you want to be made well? And I believe Jesus is asking all of you in here today when it comes to your dysfunctions, do you want to be made well? And that answer may seem obvious on the surface, but there could be some reasons why we haven't received healing yet. And I want to take some time to actually uncover why that could be in our lives. The first reason that I think we need to ask ourselves why we live with certain dysfunctions is, are you unwilling? Are you unwilling to be free from your dysfunction? Because here's the truth. There is some dysfunction that we're okay with. There is some dysfunction that we just tolerate way too much. I'm going to give you an example in my own life. And It's a little funny to say this. Some of you guys have heard this story before, but me and my wife, uh, we have a home. And, you know, with our home, there's always projects to be done. I think anybody in here that owns a home or lives in a home knows that there's always projects to be done. But for me, the person that usually is doing all these projects, I usually have the sense of what's a priority in our house and not. A true story one of the priorities for me when we moved into this house was to make our house a smart house and I invested so much time so much effort so much money to be sure that our house was a smart house all the light bulbs are smart bulbs all the, the appliances are smart even uh the televisions are smart and true story and th- i might get in trouble for this if i ever have you guys over because now you're going to know my secrets if you were to go into my house today and you say because we have google well we i wanted an alexa but my wife said Mm-mm, you ain't going to be calling no other woman's name in this house other than me all right so no alexas in the house that's fair fine i love you Babe, but either way, I would go if you were to go into my house and you would say, Hey Google, it's party time. Literally, all the lights would come on, certain televisions would come on, the thermostat would go to a specific temperature, and music would start playing from a specific party playlist. That's 100% true. If you were to go to my house, that's exactly what would happen. If you were to say in my home, Hey Google, good night all of the lights turn off, all the thermostat adjusts to a specific temperature, and even the doors to our house automatically lock. That is how much of a smart house that we have. However, despite all of the time and effort and money I put into our home to make it a smart home, the doorknob to our pantry hasn't worked in months. And it drives my wife crazy because she's saying listen how is it possible that you can invest so much time and effort to, oh, to to make this house the way that you want it but you don't even take 10 minutes to turn to, to, to replace the doorknob here and, I'm, and, and here's the thing about it. I'll be honest, I've spent more time trying to teach her how to work with this broken doorknob than I've had in actually just going to Home Depot and buying a new one. Literally, if you were to go to our door and you turn it 30 degrees, then put your body against it, apply pressure, and then turn it fast another 60 degrees, the door opens. I'm willing to admit that's too much. that's doing the most. But I also know this, that the same way that someone like me can be dysfunctional when it comes to something like that, and many of you are in that same boat. Many of you in here have things broken in your own homes. Maybe it's a messy room. Maybe it's a messy car. And instead, you decide to live with it. But in the same way that many of us do that, we also do that with our own lives. Many of you in here right now know that your marriage should be better. But you'd rather invest time in something else. Many of you know that your spending habits should be better. But you are focused on something else. Many of you even know that the things that you look at online privately when no one is looking is not good. But instead, you put your efforts on fixing something else in your life. And oftentimes I wonder why we do that. Why are we willing to live in such dysfunction when we don't have to? And I think there's many reasons why we do it. But in the case of the man in the story and in the case for many of us, I think oftentimes certain dysfunctions are so familiar that it feels uncomfortable to leave it. I remember speaking with someone one time and he was struggling with pornography. And I was talking to him about trying to overcome pornography and everything and he just said, you know what, I'll be honest with you. I know that it's something that I shouldn't be doing. I know it's something that's not healthy for me, but I would rather die than give this up. That's real. That's hard. And his reason for that was that, listen, if God hasn't given me a spouse, if God hasn't given me one of wanted, then I'm just going to take what I can. I know that lying is wrong, but I can't get my way any other way than lying. I know that I have an anger issue, but it keeps me from having people mess with me because I am so good at setting it off when people have an issue with me. We know that it's dysfunctional. We know that it's uh, not the best way to live. But also we found so much comfort and familiarity with it that the idea of being free seems far too much. But maybe that's not you in here today. Maybe you're not that person that's coming into this worship service today saying, God, fix my heart, fix this, fix that. And then God is like, but what about this one part right here? And you're like, no, don't touch that. No, this is actually my thing. I know, I know you have your opinion about a God, but this is, this is just how I live my life. This is how I thrive. Maybe that's not you in here today. Maybe you're somebody else, and maybe the question for you is this. Are you unable? Are you simply unable? And, the re, and we get this from verse 7 in the story. Because this man that had a physical dysfunction responds to Jesus and he says, Sir, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Jesus asks this man, do you want to be made well? And his response is simple. Sir, I've tried. I've tried to be made whole. I've tried to get into the water for healing. And every time I try, I fail. Every time I I try to do better for myself, I end up right back where I'm at. See, it's important for us to understand that this pool was surrounded by people with physical dysfunctions. And it is foolish to think that when the water was stirred, that they were cordial and polite about who gets in the water first. No, no, no. This was straight up Black Friday in the 90s pandemonium trying to get into this water first. And even though this man was disabled, I can almost picture him trying to even roll himself close to the pool so that if he gets stirred, he can roll himself in. And someone that had a little bit more physical uh, ability than him just pulls him right back so they can get the chance to get in the water. And for many of us, we know that feeling when it comes to our dysfunction. And this is especially true when it comes to relational dysfunction. Because many of us have tried to make our marriage work and our marriage failed. Many of us have tried to raise our children in the Lord and have them follow Jesus, but they are completely disinterested. Many of us have tried to reconcile and and, and be nice with the person that hurt us or, or the person that we hurt, and they want nothing to do with us. And often that level of rejection, often that level of hard work to try to make something happen when it comes to our relational dysfunction can just leave us with a sense of, man, it is what it is. I did what I could. I tried. I prayed. I did everything the pastor told me to do, and nothing worked. You might not feel that with relational dysfunction. That may be a personal dysfunction. You may be dealing with an addiction right now. You may be dealing with a habit right now. And you've been battling to try to overcome and live free. And you have good days and good weeks and good months and maybe even a good year or two. And then something always happens where you end up back where you were trying to escape from. And it leaves you with a sense of, you know what? This is just who I am. I've tried to be different. I've tried to be new. I've tried to not let this define me. But this is who I am. And that's often the thing about dysfunction that's so difficult. Is that often because of the type of dysfunctions that we deal with and because it has such a stronghold on our lives, we no longer see it as something that we do. We no longer see it as something that we're experiencing. We attach it to our identity. And when it becomes our identity, it's even harder to believe that we can be anything different. Is that you in here today? Are you in here, yes, here for church because it's routine and practice, but honestly, you're tired? You're giving up? You've given up? You might be tired of God. You might be tired of trying to live a Christian life. Maybe that's you in here today. But I think there's a third category of people that are present when Jesus asks the question, do you want to be made well? And I think the third is, are you unaware? You know, when I was researching this this passage, I realized something that was very interesting, is that, Yes, there was this story that an angel would come to the pool of Bethesda and would stir up the waters, and whoever would get to the water first would be healed. But there is zero historical evidence that that ever worked. There is no proof, there is no study that showed that this actually worked. In fact, theologians, historians, scholars, when they all research it, they all say this was a local legend. This was a myth. And imagine this man, along with many others, but this man specifically, after 38 years of battling to get to the pool when it got stirred up, only to find out that once he got in the pool and he got out, he was still physically dysfunctional how disappointing would that have been even more interesting is that he is telling Jesus man I've been trying to get to this pool for healing and he's talking to the actual healer the opportunity to be healed is right in front of him but he still thinks healing is in something that is actually non-existent and this is also something that many of us are guilty of Many, many of us are dealing with physical dysfunctions and disabilities, and, and, and we want to be free of it. But oftentimes, we put our money in the wrong thing. We put our trust in the wrong thing in order to deliver us from that dysfunction. Some of you in here right now believe that if you just got just a, uh, just some more money, that your life would be completely whole. Some of you guys are in here right now, maybe you're single, and you're just thinking, the second I get married, the second I find that special someone, my life will be made whole. Some of you are in here holding on to something that you can hopefully have one day in your life, believing that that is where you find wholeness. And unfortunately, many of you also know what it's like to achieve that thing, to get that spot in your career, to make that right amount of money, to get that relationship you've been seeking for so long, and then to ask yourself, well, now what? It, it, it felt good, but I'm still not fulfilled. I'm still missing something. And in fact, the dysfunctions that I thought would go away once I got those things are now even more present and so many of us now due to this cultural age man we'll put so much more uh investment in horoscopes and astrology and tarot cards and 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 self-help books and all in the hopes of believing that these will be the things that will help us find a better life and there are some things out there that's going to make you feel better, but it's not going to make things better. There's a difference. Yet here we see Jesus in his power and his glory able to turn things around for this man. And he does just that. John 5:8. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. I don't want you to miss this because this is powerful. This man had been crippled for 38 years. And one moment with Jesus... One sentence from Jesus gave him healing he's been fighting for all along. Keep in mind, he didn't even know who Jesus was. He didn't, he didn't acknowledge Jesus as Savior. He didn't know, There were no magic words. There was nothing. The reason why he experienced healing, because he was close to Jesus and he could hear Jesus speak to him. And I think that's what we need. We need to have a closeness with Jesus. We need to be able to have a closeness with Jesus that allows for us to be able to hear him when he speaks to us. There is healing and deliverance thanks to the power of Jesus. Because like I already said, with Jesus, we can overcome any dysfunction in our lives. If you are willing, Jesus is able so I want to just help you now. Whether you are someone that's unwilling, whether you're someone that's unable, whether you're someone that's unaware. How do you find freedom from your dysfunction? John 15:5 gives us an idea of this. And this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, and he says this, "I am the vine, you are the branches." If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Here's what Jesus is saying. Things change for the better when you are abiding, remaining in me. Little happens when you try to do it on your own strength. You can try to do it on your own strength. You can, you can do everything in your power and, and, and to, to, to manifest things for yourself. You may even be earthly successful, but it will never reach your soul the same way Jesus will. So I want to just help you understand how we can experience deliverance from dysfunction through being able to remain in Jesus. First off is this, is that we need to chase after closeness to God. Chase after it. John four verse eight says this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Let me be clear. God loves every person here and watching online. Let me be clear. God's presence is everywhere that you go. You cannot escape his presence. But the same way you can sit next to someone you don't know and be close in proximity, but not close in relationship, that is many of us when it comes to God. God is present in your life. God is even moving in your life. But you don't have a closeness with him relationally. And this is why I believe that is important. Because the relationships that affect us the most, the relationships that we are most close to, are the ones that we are pursuing most consistently and the ones that we go deep with most intimately. Those two things are the things that help us have deep, close relationships with people and also with God. And this is why I think this is important because the closer you get to God, the closer you understand who he is. And the more you understand who he is, the more you will understand how to come to him when something happens. I want to play a video for you real quick. And this video is one of my favorites. If you've been with us here at Valley, you've probably seen this video before. We played it several years ago but I believe that this video best reflects who Jesus is in his entirety. Let's watch it together.
1: Sufficient Savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He he cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's the key to knowledge. is righteous, and his yoke is easy, and his burden is lighter. I wish I could describe him, for you. he's indescribable, he's incomprehensible, he's invincible, he's irresistible. Well, you can't get him out of your mind, you see, you can't get him off of your hand. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him. But they found out they couldn't stop him. Silence couldn't find any fault in him. Terror couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold
0: him. Hey! That's my key. That's my key. That is the God we serve. That is the Jesus that we're talking about. And so many of us just reduce Jesus to a good luck charm. So many of us reduce Jesus to an insurance policy. So many of us reduce Jesus to some type of overlord in the sky that just wants to punish us for our sins. Some people just want to treat Jesus and look at Jesus as if he's some type of hippie, just love one another and all that stuff. When you know Jesus, it will change everything, including your dysfunctions? Do you know him? Are you close enough to not only hear those words, but to know for yourself they're true? God is so good. Here's the second thing we need to do when we get close to Jesus, when we, when we allow ourselves to draw close, is that we need to be honest about our dysfunction. To yourself, to God, the community, there's a saying that God can't heal what you don't reveal. If you go to a doctor today and you just say, I'm in pain, he needs to know where is the pain. He needs to know, he or she needs to know how long you've had the pain. What is the history of your family? And the same way we need to uncover that with our physical stuff, some of us got some spiritual dysfunction, some of us got some habits that we need to really uncover and unpack. And not only unpack that, but but bring it to God in a way that it can be healed. Bring it to community in a place that we can trust. I want to be honest right now. And this is, I tell a lot of stories, but this is probably the one I've been most nervous in sharing. You know, many of us, the past year and a half, have gone through some difficult stuff whether it was things with politics, things with the pandemic, things with race, things that were just personal to us. And the past year and a half, almost two years, I've been dealing with so much dysfunction, spiritual dysfunction, feeling like I'm I'm preaching to you guys, but I, I can't hear God for myself. Dysfunction with what my future is. Dysfunction with wanting to be the best version of myself, but I I just feel inadequate. And I've had multiple times this past year and a half where I almost quit. I almost quit being a pastor and just almost took a job doing communication in another form. Almost quit wanting to do ministry. Sometimes contemplating if I should walk away from my faith. But praise be to God that I was able to not only be honest about where I was at, but I was able to tell God everything I was thinking and feeling and struggling with. And I was able to have people in the community, people like Femi and Shola Ogunzola, my group leaders, people like Tammy Williams, a woman who prays for uh, the, the, the leaders here at Valley constantly, people Uh, So many people, I can't even remember all of their names right now, but helped walk me and my family through such difficult seasons. And I can confidently say that the dysfunctions that I've been dealing with are no longer as strong as they used to be. Some have been completely uh, taken away from me because of the power of Jesus, not just in my own personal life, but how he manifested in the life of the people around me. And this is why groups are so important. And just a quick plug, we still have groups available. And, and if you're not plugged in, if you don't have someone that you could be that vulnerable with, find it. It's available. We're doing what we can so you have that in your life. Don't fight this alone. Don't live this life alone. Have people in your corner that can pray for you and walk with you in whatever you're going through. And this brings me to my third and final point. You need to walk in daily victory. I want to be clear about something. There's certain dysfunctions in our life that are kind of like weeds, where if you could just get to the root of it, pull it out, maybe even plant something better in that spot, it's just gone forever. But there's also certain dysfunctions that we have that are recurring. They're almost like a voice in your head that's on loop. And you can't really turn it off but the more you listen to it, the louder it gets. So instead, you have to just find the positives thing. you have to find a voice that is louder than that voice so you can ignore that one. And I know for a lot of us in here that have been Christians for a while, there's certain stuff that we've been able to overcome. And there's things that we thought we'd be over with by now. And can I encourage you with this, because so many times we can get caught up in the idea of, you know what, God, I thought I would be over this by now. I'm looking for, for victory from this. And many times we're looking for total victory in areas where we can only get daily victory. There's going to be things that you battle with the rest of your life. However, through the power of Jesus, we are able to daily get victory over those dysfunctions don't be that person that thinks you're free from negative thinking you're free from sexual lust you're free from some of the other issues that you've been dealing with the habits and the addictions that you have and and two days later or or however much longer you end up right back into that trap that wasn't a total victory you got daily victory but i want to encourage you with this and i'm closing now A verse that has kept me throughout my time, a verse that I believe can encourage you when it comes to whatever you're dealing with, whatever dysfunctions that you have, comes from Deuteronomy 33, verse 25. And it says this, your strongholds will be iron and bronze. And as your days are, so will your strength, your rest and security be. This is God speaking to the people of Israel. And what it means is this, the harder the day, the greater the strength. The harder it is that you're going through something, the greater God's strength is for you today. No matter what your dysfunction, if you are willing, Jesus is able. And if we give it to Jesus, we can overcome any dysfunction in our lives. So quickly, I'd just like to pray for you. Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be delivered from dysfunctions, that the difficulties of this life were not the things that define us, but Jesus, we are defined by the victory of you that happened on the cross so long ago. I pray freedom for every single person today watching online here in this service And Father, we believe that Jesus, with you, we can overcome all things. And last but not least, I just want to pray for anyone here that believes that, you know what, I've never given Jesus my life, but I have dysfunctions that I need to overcome. The good news is this, that if you confess with your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved today. So simply just repeat these words after me. Dear Jesus, Please come into my life. I want deliverance from my dysfunctions. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for life. I receive it now. In Jesus' name, amen.